0: The Pride to Detroit P.O.D. cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the P.O.D. cast, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get you 15% off your order. That's POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, PODcast, Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. You know where to hear us. You know where to get us. We're always there for you live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit podcast on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, etc, etc, etc. You're not here for all that. You're here for a lion's blowout. You're here for adventures in lion's land, a real land where real magical things now happen. As the Lions improved to four and one in a thrashing of the Carolina Panthers, which, if we're being honest about it, at 42-24, probably doesn't describe how far away this game was, even by that score. The Lions led this game wire to wire, no real contest. Uh, I believe in this first half, there were three or four Carolina Panthers drives that ended in turnovers in a, in four consecutive drives. So, like, we had to deal with that. We had to deal with a lot of other very cool things going on, but let's we're going to dive into it. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T, the man who runs things, uh, the, the P-O-D cast, the man who edits multimedia and other things. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, producer of Pride of
1: Jeremy, what's it like to be boring and awesome? It's great, man. I'll be honest. Being a fan as long as you have been for this team and and most of people listening have been for this team. It's nice to just like sit back and kind of kick your feet up in the fourth corner. If I was at home, I might even be flipping to other games and just seeing what else is going on. But as a writer, that's also very awesome because I can finish my recap with 10 minutes left in the fourth fourth quarter. I can tell some Lions fans are still struggling to get used to this
0: new, this new reality because like when the Carolina Panthers scored before the half, When it was at that point, I think 10 to 28. 28, Yeah. Still, people were were nervous. Third quarter came and it looked janky. Still, people were nervous. A man who wasn't nervous, a man who is cool, calm and collected and has a great baby is Ryan Matthews. At Ryan underscore
2: POD. I will try to not to forget the drop this time. Ryan, senior editor, how are we doing? Uh, we are doing well, uh, backed by popular demand, you know. Uh, to Jeremy's point, the uh, sports editor for the Detroit News, Rod Beard, he has the greatest slogan that I think Lions writers can now adopt Hashtag start writing. Start writing. That's right, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to be able to like start writing in the third quarter, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially, I mean, yeah, and and I'm with you, Chris, like, I, I know that feeling of like uh is, is something going to let loose slip but like look we still put out the third quarter tweets it was 0 to 0 in the third quarter this week that's progress that that's yeah. progress it still feels <laughs> like a turd it feels like there are struggles I'll to it, it but yeah. but when you're up when you're up 18 a 0 no to 0 damage quarter, done. third quarter is great yeah. yeah
0: just sit on it just sit on it as the, as the lions sat on and <laughs> flattened the carolina panthers into jelly in a game that was as i said wire to wire not really even close at any point with several very funny turnovers conducted on bryce young and the carolina offense uh for the troy lions team that has been missing several players no jameer gibbs in this game no brian branch which is probably the biggest impediment to the defense um you I'm know, a, just are you forgetting Sun God Chris? No, Amon Ross, St. Brown, <laughs> no problem whatsoever. Because Josh Reynolds just steps up right in the in his place. Even as you're easing in, Jamison Williams, Khalif Raymond, no problem. But the Lions didn't didn't need to worry because even at like a lower strength Detroit Lions team, you can still put away a team that is now zero and five, and it wasn't even a hiccup.
1: That's yeah. good. I mean. My, my takeaway from this game, and I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect the defense or anything, but I thought this was the best offensive performance of the year. I thought Ben Johnson was absolutely feeling himself. I thought everything just seemed to work against the Panthers. And and a lot of people thought this Panthers defense was maybe a little bit better than, than some people give it credit for, especially their pass defense. Now, I know they were missing a couple corners. I know they were missing a safety. But as you mentioned, the Lions were missing a couple big weapons on offense too, and you wouldn't have noticed you wouldn't have thought that the Jared Goff even knew he had superstars on the bench in this game, because like you said, he spread the ball around perfectly. Marvin Jones. Hey, welcome back. I forgot you were on the team for the last couple of weeks. You make a big catch on the first drive of the game. Sam Laporta, two touchdowns. What what else can we say about Sam Laporta? Josh Reynolds continues to make, you know, average like 20 yards a catch. This team has so many ways that can hurt you. And, and David Montgomery is at the center of it. Another phenomenal game from him and another hundred yard me, game yeah yeah it seems back, like that was rare and few and in between for so many years jeremy well, yeah, and now I mean, it's consistent every, you, sta- there was a stat out there that david montgomery was the first lions running back to get back-to-back 100 yard games with a touchdown in both games since i want to say james stewart or something 2003 ish um so like we're, we're talking years. like yeah 20 years uh and and fully deserve, I mean Dave Montgomery has been I, I truly think the centerpiece to this offense and that's not to take anything away from Jared Goff, who I think is still continuing to play his best football I just like it this is such a joy to watch this this offense go right now and I, I hate to bring it down but like part of me like there's that voice in the back of my head it's just like man I better I better enjoy Ben Johnson while he's here man he was deep in the bag
0: today there was a lot of plays that um Man, the, Ryan, like they pulled out, they decided to just pull out all the things they had wanted to practice and just tried it against a real football team like the Carolina Panthers, whose defense is like the Lions did exactly what I would hope they would do to a defense as bad as the Carolina Panthers.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was everything, right? It was reverse flea flickers. I'll put those in air quotes for Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy's going to the- dispute it again. There there was a ball that got snapped between Jared Goff's legs and up, ends up being a first down. Like, yeah, there was a lot of trickeration and a lot of fun. And uh, shout out to Alex from our first bite. Bryce Young, three touchdowns. Yeah, he did it. Um, I made sure to tell him that after the game, too. I was like, hey, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. One for one for him. Um, But, you know, maybe my favorite part of the box score is uh, two carries from Teddy Bridgewater for negative two yards. That's 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 the good stuff. Right. Like like I that is something that I will look forward to each and every week if if that's a real thing. But I mean, you guys really hit on it. The, the, The only thing with the offense there, there was obviously there was the third quarter. Right. But there was just that drive where everybody had a drop, right? It was like Josh Reynolds had a drop, Sam Laporta, you get a drop. And uh, Jamo, you hear footsteps, you get a drop. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? Like we talked about it last week with officiating with the Packers and stuff, right? There's stuff that like sometimes that in years past, right, this team would succumb to these mistakes or, uh, you know, uh, officiating wasn't going the right way. It, for whatever reason, there was just something that we could kind of, point to and say, ah, man, if this, you know, if this would have broke the Lions way, they would have got this win. Now we're, those are anecdotes, right? Those are just footnotes to it, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, a a great performance, right? Like I I think the thing that maybe you're most encouraged about with the defense is yet again, you cannot run on the Detroit Lions. There, 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 there is no, 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 Jeremy, no, no. They get no, 99 no, no. yards in this game. No, this, this 99 fraudulent yards. <laughs> fraudulent you held
0: yards. Ch- Like Okay, if we just look at their running backs, Chibba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, and I guess I'll throw LaVisca Chennault Jr. in there too. 35, receiver, yeah. 30, what's that? He's a
1: receiver, but like, yeah. I, sure, I don't, sure, 35, it all, it 32, 27.
2: No, 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 but, no, no, no. No, I let, let me give me time. I'll let okay. you guys, I'll let you guys go. But like, let me comb through and see where <laughs> those rushing yards came from and what the score of the game was when that stuff was happening. That's fair.
1: That's fair. But I, th- I think in general, like early in this game, the Panthers were moving the ball, right? They I, I think they got into lines territory in, in two of the first three drives. They just really dug themselves in the hole with, with a couple of those turnovers. But but it's also I mean, it goes back to our preview podcast. Like, what do the Panthers do on offense? These long 15 play drives and when you do that you better not make a mistake gotta and be perfect i think, perfect. The, I I was think gonna, the Lions were probably happy to let them make the mistake like all right you want to you want to pick up these chunk yards nine yards six yards five yards at a time go for it we we bet you're gonna make a mistake and sure enough bryce made a, a couple lot mistakes. of mistakes
0: <laughs> i was gonna say like it it's almost a reversal the lions are the one who are gonna sit on you on offense and have the long drives and instead to start this game is the carolina panthers while uh, Ryan, they're uh, the Lions are belting out. You know, first drive is what three plays, eighty-one yards straight <laughs> yeah. away. Like they're the lightning this time. They're they're striking fast. So it was a fun reversal play of roles. But more importantly, it feels like this game. If you take out the razzle dazzle from Ben Johnson, it's fundamentals, baby. It's running that football. It's David Montgomery running over people again. It's 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 the defense like. Yeah, they let the Carolina Panthers stick around, but it was very much so a bend, don't break. They had that long drive to start the the first quarter. Jeremy, how many points do they get? Zero. 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 That's right. Zero. I don't have enough stuff to say about Aiden Hutchinson. I'm just going to let him out here before we even get to our players, because uh, he's a defensive end with four interceptions on his career. (laughs) <laughs> he's a defensive end uh, with caveman arms games. and a giant wingspan <laughs> catching the ball from Bryce Young at the line at the point of of him throwing the ball and going the other way with it uh talk about the sacks talk about the tackles for loss talk about Jamison Williams highlights he's coming back and I think people wanted to see him light up the world and he did not on receiving but you know what he left the world on run blocking for David Montgomery fundamentals baby fundamentals everyone on this team knowing that they've got to pull together as a team that they've got to do all these little things that even against a team that you should put away like the Carolina Panthers there was no cosmic breakdown at some point other than maybe like a sack here and there on Jared Goff which at this point we're just going to have to get used to it the offensive line isn't going to like that was a hard bar to clear protecting him as well as you did last year. So that's going to happen sometimes. But Jared Goff didn't panic after getting sacked either. Everyone is good. They know who they are and they have strong fundamentals. And I think that's why people in in truth gravitate around this team It's the fundamentals. It's everyone playing together. It's actually looking like a complete football team. You know what it looks like when you actually have a good, complete football team. God help you if you watch college football because you know when you don't have a complete football team, you're sweating for 11 games waiting for that screw-up to come. For the Detroit Lions, I'm not sweating a, a screw-up to come. And yes, in the NFL, they will lose games. They probably, they might lose next week. For all I know, the Buccaneers are a good football team. They might lose against the Ravens. They, I, I don't know, but either way, four and one stacking up odds to make the playoffs are now very, very, very good. And I don't remember the last time we could say that about the Detroit Lions. And I don't know the last time I could say I was
1: comfortable just putting this away in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, it and it's not just that this seems four and one. It's that they're now three in a row in decisive wins, right? They they pretty decisively beat the ten. Maybe it's only a 10 point final, but they were clearly the better game, the better team that day. They go on the road in, in Green Bay, easily the better team on that field. And then today it wasn't even close. And. So the, there are different types of four and ones in this league, right? There are the twenty twenty two Minnesota Vikings four and one, which is very fraudulent. And there's uh, what uh, the Lions I was, was going to say
2: the the twenty twenty three Minnesota Vikings are the inverse of that, Jeremy. Exactly. Yeah. Once, they sure once again,
1: another one score loss again <laughs> yeah. to the Kansas Congratulations City. Congratulations to them. Uh But but like you you are certain about the Lions. Legitimacy at this point, and and sure things can change. Teams can get better and worse as the season goes on. Maybe a, another injury hits this team. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk we a little bit about some more injuries. Mostly, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not feeling too good about that. But um it was interesting. At, at one point in the press conference today after the game, Dan Campbell's asked, "Has this team taken on your identity?" And he said, "No, I don't think so. I think it's our identity." Now, I think that's him being a little bit modest because you, you say like. There was no letdown game. The lines are focused on fundamentals. Like that is what Dan Campbell is. That is what Dan Campbell has been preaching from the minute he walked in the building. And this week when everyone's just like all the fans, all the media are kicking their feet up saying like, yeah, it's a the Panthers They're 0-4. and They got this. Um, who cares about the injuries? Whatever. Dan is like, this is the NFL. Every team is going to – this team is going to come in hungry. They're 0-4. They're going to be looking for their first win. The difference between the best team and the worst team in the NFL is not as much as you think. Like, we still have to do stuff. And how many times have we talked to players that are just like, we haven't accomplished anything yet. I don't care what our record is. We haven't won a playoff game. We haven't made the playoffs. We need to treat every week like it's an urgent matter. And that's what they did today. They they looked like they're still hungry. They looked like they are never going to get complacent. And as long as that continues – through this, De- through December into January, God knows maybe into February, this team is going to be dangerous. I know that to your point about uh, people kicking it up and like taking it
0: seriously, like I'll tell you, national, some of the national guys I have to listen to, and some of the Vegas guys, very popular pick from the sharp, from the wise guys in Vegas was taking Carolina and the points, which I think Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, got up to something like minus twelve. It it was like minus nine and a half uh, Detroit for a long time. It got up a few more points above it. Regardless, Lions covered. And what do we say about good teams win, great teams cover?
2: I think that's, yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. Um, And plenty of other people looked at this. A
0: lot of other people looked at this game and saw a trap game for the Lions. They thought at some point, because at some point Carolina's got to get a win. It's hard to go winless in the NFL. Just ask the Chicago Bears. But Lions held serve, Ryan. Lions held serve.
2: It did. You know, Daryl Johnson, who uh, was providing color commentary for the game, he he did his best to try to evoke, uh, invoke, I should say, all of the nasty thoughts that every Lions fan has from uh, last Christmas uh, against the Carolina game. He was like, you know, don't tell me that those players aren't thinking about that. And it's like, I, I don't I don't think they are. You know what I mean? Like they, they might be in the sense that you know, they're ready to wipe that taste out of their mouth. And the thing that I think the thing, there was a tweet from Albert Breer, right? He pointed out since Halloween last year, the Lions are 12 and three. That's big boy stuff. You know what I mean? Big
0: boy stuff. They've hit that extra gear.
2: Yeah. And I mean, one of the losses is an overtime game, you know, to Seattle. And that was one that again, like, It's it's really it goes back to like our discussion, Jeremy, that we had on first bite where, you know, it it just doesn't even feel like Lucy's on the roster anymore. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like she she she, she, she's not there. Right. Like the Lions are a football team that is so is so confident. You know what I mean? And I think that that was a big takeaway for me was that this team was confident from start to finish. It, there, there was never a point. I think Dan even brought it up in his post game press conference, where or not his post game press conference, but uh, locker room celebration. Uh, he, he, you know, mentioned to the team, he's like, you know, you know what I love, like when all you guys are like, coach, don't worry, we got this. Like we got like no, no worries at, at, at any point.
0: And that's the blueprint to tie it back to what Jeremy was saying, Ryan. Like you want to talk about what makes this them taking after Dan Campbell's uh, if this is Dan Campbell's team now, if this is his imprint, it's that confidence. It's that confidence that like you're not. And I know we're talking in a lot of superlatives and I know I've, i I know it could like, I know fans can hear all this and they're nodding their head. And then if the Lions take a loss, it'll all come crashing back and the doom and gloom can come back. But the difference is they'll come right back and show you the confidence right again. You're going to take losses in the NFL. This isn't this isn't college. You're not required to be perfect. You're going to have some. Every team is very you know, fights incredibly hard, but if you want to win a lot of those fights, you have to be confident, you have to be healthy, and you have to be skilled. And right now, the Lions are confident. They're for the most part healthy. We'll have to see if some of these injuries come back. It 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 still has yet to hit. I, I see Jeremy shake uh, like looking leery but like it's yet to hit that tipping point where we're like defcon three worried about it and they have talent they absolutely do have talent on both sides of the ball like i I don't know if we'll talk about ian hutchinson again but uh i have seen a lot of jag I, i have talked to some jaguars people who are now thinking about passing on Aiden Hutchinson now like and i'm just going to keep bringing him up because he's awesome this year like he's playing at such a high level and just yeah you know.
1: yeah i i don't really know what else to say except man like this team they just they they know how good they are too right it 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 it's part part of it is the confidence part of it is just they know what it takes on game day to get up for every game it doesn't matter who the opponent is whether it's someone really bad or someone really good this team knows how to act like professionals to put in a very simple terms, because I mean, just talking with Taylor Decker after the game who, you know, I think the lines had a very targeted day of, of celebrating him in its hundredth game. The difference in, in who he is as a person, the difference in that he sees in the franchise. Cause I mean, he, he hasn't hit it and he certainly didn't hide it in the article he wrote um, for celebrating his hundredth game. He, he hated football for a while while he's here and i think part of it was the, the helpless feeling that he has he's always had that professional attitude where he's up for every game he's he's excited he's giving it at all every game but i feel like he felt he was not surrounded by that and and that was a helpless feeling because he couldn't help the team and now that the Lions have surrounded him you know with taylor decker clones panay sewells Amon st browns all those guys around the team he doesn't need to carry the team anymore. He doesn't need to ha- be that emotional leader. He's not even a captain this year, yet he's still that super uber professional guy because the Lions have just a roster from top to bottom that know how to get it done every single damn Sunday or Thursday or whatever day they're going to play. Uh, and that's that's why this team is is cruising the way it is. And and the last thing I want to say, because I, th- I think you're right, like there's this idea that, You know, the the world's going to fall apart if this team loses a game and and people are going to lose their mind like they did after the Seattle game. You know who didn't lose their mind after the Seattle game? The Detroit Lions didn't lose their mind because, again, like there was another question in the press conference today where someone's like, you know, did you feel like that was the wake up call you guys need because you've been playing great football out of that game? And they're like, wake up call. We lost no. an overtime game to the Seattle freaking Seahawks. That's just no, football. you don't need a wake up call. You're just playing. No. Yeah, you're just playing like that's a good football team that they lost a close game to and came very close to winning. There was no wake up call. This team doesn't need wake up calls. This team wakes up at 6 a.m. every day. You don't need to set the alarm. You don't need to get the receptionist to call you at 6. A.m. They're ready to play. Yeah, that's that's called being a professional. And that's called having confidence.
0: And Ryan, you know what else gives you confidence in the morning when you've got a hard day ahead of you? Beef jerky. That's right. And you know why that's relevant?
2: Because we're sponsored by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky.
0: That's right. And it's the jerky that also fuels your Detroit Lions because Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. And you know they're about to rip into a fresh bag of Soul Survivor, their Korean barbecue flavored jerky as soon as they get over there. Or their stash of foul capone. We really need to stop mentioning foul capone. Um, but I think we're on a mission to until Ryan gets his restock.
2: Yeah, that's fair. You know what? The only person who can't eat righteous felon craft jerky is Bryce Young because you must be this tall. You must be this tall to ride the Righteous Felon ride. He will get carded otherwise. Each two ounce bag of jerky
0: has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Each stick has eight grams. You know what? If you convert those grams into feet, into that's much actually that's much taller than most people, not just Bryce Young. Uh Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too, because Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. And you might be thinking, wow, this seems like a hard pitch. These guys must like, they must be just shilling for something. No, we believe in this stuff. We eat this stuff. It's good. We've raved about it for a long time and we're going to do you one even better because it also helps us out. Go to righteousfellow.com and use the promo code POD 15 at checkout. What does that do? 15% off your order. We're entering into the scary part of the season. It's spooky out there. It's October. We have fall flavors and that fall flavor happens to include the flavor of meat. So go get the flavor of meat right now for the fall at righteous and use POD 15 at checkout is better than pumpkin spice. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, individual player performances, standouts. And let's talk about some of those injuries. Let's talk about the makeup of the team right now uh, and much more coming down the way here. Pride to Detroit POD Cast. Welcome back to the Pride to Detroit POD Cast. This is where we're going to dive into some standout performances, some things that need to be tweaked up. And yes, we will talk about some injuries as well. There is one particular area that we should probably discuss in that regard. But I want to start with out with standout players. I mentioned Aiden Hutchinson in the opening monologue. I stand by everything I said there. That said, I've also got to throw onto this pile for myself. Um, look, this is easy. David Montgomery this team's a different team when David Montgomery is playing and playing healthy and the way he breaks tackles. I'm not injury in football can be at any time, but something about his form when he just, how he takes certain hits is remarkable to watch. And at each game I get to watch from David Montgomery. And actually I want to talk about another running back in a second too, but this run game in particular, Montgomery has been that spark plug. It's very funny that this is who he is after removing a Bears uniform. It's refreshing. I feel very happy for the man. Also, shout out to Craig Reynolds, who got his first touchdown. Shout out to Marvin Jones, saving that touchdown ball after he left it to spin to go celebrate. Uh, but Craig Reynolds, who we've talked about many times before, Jeremy, battling to stay on the roster at times when they brought up so much uh, competition averages 7.4 yards per carry in this game
1: on, on seven carries. Yeah. I mean, with, that, that, with that, Jameer that gets last, out. He, he steps up that, that entire last drive was literally all him. Like he just, he took charge of that entire drive to, to put the ball game when they were like, all right, David, you had, you had yourself a ball game. We're going to rest you for the final 10 minutes of this game. You lose Donovan Knight to what looks like a pretty serious injury as well. And, and Craig Reynolds just steps in and is like, all right, I'll take the rock. I'll be fine. And a couple explosive plays there. And I think that was that was what was missing from this running game for a while is the explosive plays. And we got that a lot today. I think I think Craig Reynolds had two on that drive. We obviously have the 42 yard touchdown from David Montgomery, which was good to see, because all we've really been seeing from his are those kind of bruising plays where he's getting five yards
2: and a cloud of dust. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's getting hit one yard past the line of scrimmage and turning it into six. This was one where he exploded like he he does break a tackle, but then like kicks it to the outside and beats everyone to the corner, which is not something that we've seen from him yet. With some gnarly run blocking from Jameson Williams to. Yeah, too. (laughs) But like. The, the coaching staff has been saying this team is like one of those one block away from from breaking a big one. And, and we finally saw them break a big one in this game. So that that's good to see. Now, David Montgomery's finally maybe going to get above that 4.0 yards per carry thing where it's just like he's playing really good. But why is he only averaging three yards, three, eight to carry? Well, now you're now you're going to see David Montgomery on the other side of that thing. And, and good, better blocking today, I would say. You know, we talked plenty about how the Panthers run defense wasn't good, but good teams take advantage of that. And the line certainly did 159 yards, to stay on the ground, 5.3 carry. And more importantly, three touchdowns.
2: Yeah. I, the couple of things about Montgomery is like, you cannot understand what kind of football player he is from a box score. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you do not get the full understanding of David Montgomery, unless you watch him play football. And like truth be told, like it was the Packers game that, Like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I understood how important he was to the offense. Right. But like I didn't understand who he is as a football player and just how, you know, his when you watch his game, you get it. But my favorite thing about David Montgomery that I don't know if you saw from the press box, Jeremy and uh, Chris, I don't know if you saw this, but my favorite part about Montgomery's game was him or him, him and Scotty. Right. They're on the sideline and they're like waving Craig Reynolds to get back on the field because like. David still has his helmet on like he can go yeah. back in the game and he can vulture a touchdown, but both those guys are like, get out there. Like, I, like he, you see what he, Craig looked a little tired. He he looked like he was <laughs> gassed because he had so many runs on that drive. And he probably thought like, okay, maybe I'm going to get one. And they're just like, dude, go score the freaking touchdown. Did, did you see what happened when he did score? I tweeted
1: about it. Dave Montgomery was probably standing around the 50 yard line. He sprinted and met him in the end zone. That's so awesome, dude. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like again. he w- and and, I, and he was even asked after the game. Dave Mucker be like, what was your favorite part of the game? When Craig Reynolds scored. Yeah, that's
2: awesome, man. That's yeah, good again, stuff.
0: Craig Reynolds is a guy who's been like he's been gunning for that touchdown for a long time. He finally gets it. that was his first career touchdown. And he's so jazzed up, he almost forgets to grab the ball, which seems to be a theme for a lot of guys in the NFL this year. So uh, glad they're so focused, Chris. They're so focused
1: on getting the job done, as we talked about in the first segment. By the way, shout out
0: to Marvin Jones, bringing that back and shout out to Marvin Jones, finally getting off the schneid with a couple of big catches in this game. I know it was a mixed day for Marvin Jones, I think, all said. Actually, wait, did he? I don't think. He had two, two for, two
1: for, two for
0: two. 22. I thought I, I could have sworn he had
2: some other target. I must be hallucinating though, but uh, no, like Marvin had five targets
1: yeah. no, you're right. Two targets.
2: Yeah. But yeah, but no. uh, between him and Josh Reynolds, the single digit numbers and their body types are kind of similar to me. Like on the broadcast, <laughs> yeah. I, when, when Josh Reynolds dropped that pass, I was like, Marvin. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's Josh. Okay. And then yeah, kept what does he do? Eight, eight Bounces back with up. a, with an awesome grab. Um, yeah. Yeah. Josh Reynolds, such a big time player. I want to talk about him, but real quick, Marvin, uh, make that block for j on that screen. And maybe mm. we got something cooking, you know, but, you know, nothing but blown blocks. What were you? What were you tweeting?
0: What was it? No, <laughs> I no love block, Marvin. No rock.
2: Well, I mean, that was JMO, right? I mean, like, that I goes know. back to training camp, right? Yeah. And uh, But, like, I, I was legit excited to see Marv catch that pass on the first drive because, yeah. to me, I, th- there's something to be said about the third quarter and, hey, like, the Lions, like, scripting plays, like, they come out really well, right? And, yeah. and there might be an element to that, you know, flipping over and, uh, and turning to the new half. But, like, to see Marv on, you know, as part of that script you know what i mean like the, there's going to be an opportunity for marvin jones it kind of just goes to show that this like coaching staff they, i mean they're trusting the players that they're putting out on the field right yeah and, and marvin makes a catch when he's called upon and it it was cool to see
1: yeah i mean we knew this was gonna be a game where someone on offense in terms of the skill position players were gonna have to step up and to have they, marvin like, all
2: did yeah everyone <laughs> yeah, did josh reynolds
1: I think. like
0: I mean, we, we've four different what, guys
1: with three catches today, and
0: we've known what Sam Laporta yeah. has been for a while. But to see Josh Reynolds be your receiving leader on the day with four receptions off five targets is damn impressive. Oh man,
1: dude! Yeah, let's, toe
2: drag swag ooh. on the touchdown catch was live. I didn't think there was complicate. any He Got
1: both feet in, and I think I think we need to start talking about Josh Reynolds. Just not today, not last week. Like he is on the verge of a career season by far. I oh, think his, yeah. his best career season was about 650 yards or something like that. I was looking at his, you know, game to game average. And I think he's at 60 yards a game or something. And you stretch that up to 17 games. You're talking close to a thousand yard season, which would blow his numbers out of the water. And I don't see why he won't get there. Like, sure, Jameson Williams is going to come back and maybe he's going to cut into some of that pie. Amon-Ra is going to be back at some point and, and cut into some of that. But. Josh Reynolds is a very dependable dude, and I don't think the Lions are going to fade his, his rollout at, at all. Why would you? He's he's producing for you. He's a great fit in what this team wants to do offensively, and he's, like you just said, reliable. That's the magic word for this. Whenever you hear a coach talk about players and what they want to see in their players, like reliable. J-Mo. Like JMO is one of the first things they say. We need reliable players. We need guys we can trust. Josh Reynolds is that dude, and we don't give him enough credit. Not enough people are talking about him. Give him the John Kaminsky award. The John of the week.
2: Kaminsky. <laughs> we're going to give that out every week. I feel like we should give it out I almost, once a year.
0: I feel like every time I talk about Aiden Hutchinson, I have to be careful of saying we're not talking about Aiden Hutchinson enough because I feel like I'm veering into the Kaminsky territory on a much bigger figure sometimes.
2: We We do have to talk about Aiden Hutchinson, though, just, just because I wrote about him in the newsletter, and I'm glad that he continued to be a great player I, I um, loved, and he didn't suffer the Jameer Gibbs curse. What was but, the
0: Spencer Hall tweet? I saw like that. He just loves watching Adison. Caveman like, arms swinging his caveman arms around as he comes
2: for Bryce Young off the edge. <laughs> uh, the, the interception was something that like it's one of those plays in football where it what Jeremy just did. Right. Like you almost kind of like blink your eyes and, and shake your head. You're like, it, it, did I did I see that the right way? And like. It was the catch. It was the grab, but it was also like the awareness to start going. And I mean, maybe not so much the awareness to get like a serious Charlie horse or whatever he got from that blindside tackle to his thigh. But like Aiden Hutchinson, man, like. There's a reason why he has the fourth best odds to be the defensive player of the year. Would we be ever having this discussion, Jeremy? Did we think that that was even a possibility when he was drafted? Even after last year, I think part of me was just like, he's going to be a really good player,
1: but he's not going to be Nick Bosa. He's not going to be TJ Watt. And and, and they're different players, and he won't be the exact same as that, but he's doing different, better things.
2: He'll be a poor man's Max Crosby. (laughs) That's right. No, (laughs) we're not throwing the
1: poor man thing around. But, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to tease our newsletter, Pride Detroit Direct, uh, because I know Brett Whitefield is working on something right now, literally as we speak. And he tweeted me, uh, DM would me a little bit of a fact about Aiden Hutchinson. So uh, via Fantasy Points, which is the, the company he writes and works for that does their own kind of advanced statistics. Aiden Hutchinson, 15 pass rush wins today. 15. And it did it feel like he had that much? The pass rush actually wasn't that good today, I thought. I thought it was just kind of so-so. He only pick ups one, picks up one sack. I think he only had one QB hit, which was the sack. But quietly, he's doing the work. And and at times, I thought Bryce Young was scrambling for his life. Or, like, he got very panicked a lot of times, and he stumbled over himself. And there were a couple almost sacks. It almost felt like that first game against Patrick Mahomes where he was on the move a lot, but the lines never really got to him. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's there um, some push. There are also some penalties, right? Like Charles Harris, yep. my yep. goodness, like Drew a couple, let, yeah. let people tackle quarterbacks. Oh, yeah.
1: That and and like, how are you not so supposed to hit Bryce Young in the head? Very, very carefully. I mean, <laughs> you, you basically have to dive at his feet to get any anything other than his head, yeah,
2: but and you can't hit in the that, feet. You can't hit that the was, legs. We're still making short that jokes every, here. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was everybody saying, you know, oh, look at the Patriots. They have a cheat code. They just get like a Wes Welker or a Julian Edelman to run around and you can't hit them because you're going to hit him in the head. That's right. And it's another 15 yards. So, can I
0: can I go back to receivers for a second because I do want to ask you guys about we've mentioned him a few times and I know we've told as many people as we can listening to us to not expect Jamison Williams to go off his first game back. What did you think about his performance? Obviously, not really much to say on the receiving of the day. Uh, you know, just 2 yards, two receptions on three targets. Um, one of those i think was just out of the reach of his fingers if i'm not mistaken no no
1: it went right through them it
0: went right it was through them. it That's, was a perfect was, throw yeah that was that was rough but i mean his highlight he gets to say is some is some run blocking which is still fine like you got to well, play in all those runs, but we always knew this was going to be yeah uh, we need to get him back into speed game
1: right and honestly he got more targets and more playing time than I was expecting maybe some of that was because of the game situation they were up so much like all right this is a good opportunity just get him in there and so I think a lot of what they're looking for and trust you know the the trust thing again is make sure he's doing his assignments right make sure he's being engaged when he's not getting the ball um Jared Goff even said like there was a deep shot to him that he just he he should have probably let the, the let the ball fly and he didn't um so overall I mean, I know there are going to be people that hyper-focus on, on the drops, especially since it was the first target of the game. And listen, it's a legitimate concern. The drops are going to frustrate you with this guy maybe forever, unless he gets the yips out of his head or whatever. Um, but there's so much more to his game, right? There's so much more in terms of what he does to a defense. There's so much more in terms of what he does with the ball in his hands in the open field. We're just scratching the surface there. But I think, and, and Dan Campbell said it himself, like he was happy. He he did most of the assignments he was supposed to, got his feet wet and he's going to get more opportunities again next week. So I don't want to overblow the, I don't want to overblow anything. I don't want to overreact to some of the things he did, some of the things he didn't do, but I I think the Lions got what they wanted out of Jameson Williams in this game. And and that's great going forward. Now he's going to be more prepared next week for a tougher opponent. And that's where you want to be with him.
2: And and they're no worse for wear, right? Like it it was something where it it wasn't, you know, shoehorned in. It didn't feel like it was forced or anything. I mean, I'll I'll defend him a little bit in the sunset. Like, hey, that target is right over the middle, and I understand that you probably heard that linebacker or that safety. Uh, I he heard footsteps. That's for sure. And it was um, a missile too. It was it was a he, cor- hey, he uncorked that one uh, again. Not an excuse, but the play needs to be made right. Like make yep. make the catch. But by the same token, like maybe maybe that's just part of. <clears throat> That's part of the ramp up period, in the sense that we're talking about a guy who has played. I mean, what a handful of snaps in two years, essentially. Right.
1: Like, and I mean, just practiced three times in the past month and a half.
2: Yeah, like I don't know. Like, I, I, I do you just chalk it up to to the the yips, Jeremy? And 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 if you if you do that, I think that there's there's reason to believe though that like even even the one catch where he, where he got the most yards that he did like that play felt like it could have been something right. Like it was it, very it, close it,
1: to breaking that. Yeah.
2: Right. And, and even like the, the, the screen where he lost yardage where it's like, Oh, if Marv just gets in the way, you know what yep. I mean? Jmo can move. Right. So like the getting the ball in his hands is the biggest concern right now. Right. Is is yep. like him getting the ball. I, I feel like we totally trust what he can do after he has the ball. Right. Yep. But again, that's why we're the most frustrated with letting that ball go through your hands.
1: Yep. Um, one more guy I want to talk about, and I think I think some Lions fans, maybe even myself, deserve a semi-apology to Jerry freaking Jacobs, man. And you know, we mentioned it a little bit at the top because he's gonna be the dude now. Emmanuel Mosley's prob. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but doesn't look good for Emmanuel Mosley, which means Jerry Jacobs is you're gonna be your your outside corner number two, and his interception was teach tape. Just Mm-mm. absolute perfect zone coverage. And I know that's something he's struggled with. He's been a man to man corner his entire life. They've let him play man in the first two years he's been here and he's been good at it. He's very aggressive at the, at the point of attack. He's very physical and and it allows him to, to go up against some, you know, athletically talented receivers zone is something that's a little bit new to him, but something a little bit he's struggled with in the past. And my goodness, he's learning, he's growing.
0: I know and, some. Fan, I know some fans always struggle with the zone coverage too, but like, pays off for those kind of plays too. But
1: yeah, no. I, I, the the only thing I I really want to add there is just it's easy to forget how young he is. It's easy to forget how, you know, how much he's still much very much learning on the job. This is a guy who was the UDFA, right? He's not a guy that was considered someone that was going to be a starter, and he just like his persistence, his eagerness to be great his drive it's all starting to pay off and and listen this is a new endeavor for him and so get I think we all needed to maybe give him a little bit more time because no no matter what you say Aaron Glenn you are playing more zone now you are they are playing more zone (laughs) and Lions fans are picking up on it and and so Jerry Jacobs it's a learning curve and and to see him take make the interception he did because you could, you could make the argument last week's interceptions in both the interceptions were a little bit like right place, right time. This one was all him. This was just absolutely perfect played credit to Aaron Glenn for calling up the play. Dan Campbell talked about a little bit in the post game saying like that was a bait call. That was a bait play call on defense. We talked about all the great play play calls that, that Ben Johnson makes. You, you never really know the great play calls that the defense makes. Dan Campbell made sure to point out like, listen, we knew Bryce Young, was prone to some mistakes. We we were giving him these kind of man. It was a setup play. We, this looked exactly like some of our man to man coverage. We do his own coverage that looks the exact same completely bait by Bryce Young into that throw. And, and Jerry Jacobs just perfected it.
0: Tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about the Emmanuel Mosley injury and look ahead to more coming down the pike, because I think this next game does ramp up a little bit for the Detroit lions, but You know, we said it last, we said it last time too. Looking at the rest of the schedule, I don't know if anyone's really kind of sweating too much. That said, Lions do need to start getting some players back. And we'll talk about all that next on the Pride of Detroit POD Cast. Detroit POD cast. This is where we look ahead. But I think one of the parts of looking ahead is asking about now the Lions were missing a few pieces today. They didn't need them against the Carolina Panthers, but they could have absolutely used Brian Branch to make this game a little bit more funny on the defense. And Jameer Gibbs still needs reps so he can continue to ease himself into this offense. So And losing Emmanuel Mosley might be a fairly big blow to a defensive backfield that is to a DB core that is really starting to uh, get a little thin. Plus we got to throw Jonah Jackson on the pile too. So I guess my question to start with Jeremy is when can we expect a lot of these guys, some of these guys back and who do the lions miss the most right now? Of those who can come back. I'm not going to include CJ Gardner, Johnson, obviously. right,
1: Right. Yeah. Um, quick updates as as we have them as of Sunday night. Um, Manuel Mosley, we don't know there's going to be an MRI tomorrow. Dan Campbell said, looking at the replay, it didn't look good. So take from that what you will. Jonah Jackson was spotted in a, in a walking boot after the game. Now, I know people immediately go to panic when they hear walking boot because they figure, oh, my God, that's a cast. It's, sometimes it's a preventative measure. It's just to stabilize the the leg, the ankle, the whatever, no reason to panic there yet. Hopefully we get news, good news on Monday. Um, but I think, I think some of it is just the frustration of, okay, we've gone through an injury to Taylor Decker. We've gone through an injury to Halapuli Vati Vaitai and and Dan Skipper and, and just like, we got one game of all the starters, and, and I guess you could say maybe even you could count today because Graham was technically a starter, but Vitae was active and, and able to be there. And that's, that's a good news too, right? Like is if Jonah is out, you still have two healthy guards in, in Joan and, in, in uh, Graham and, and, and Vitae. Um, but I would say to me, I I think, Oh, and, and Jameer Gibbs, um, we got a, a very brief update from, from Dan that says, you know, didn't feel like it was awful. The injury that he suffered late in the week, Friday, is when he popped up on the injury report. But it was enough where we felt like we we needed to sit him today. So seems like a short term injury there. That's good news. Hamstring, lines, right? Ham Hammy, which is something that can linger. So maybe they, they're they're going to give him a little bit of rest. Maybe he doesn't play next week. I don't think anybody is necessarily sweating that after the lines just hung forty two on uh, on the Panthers. But I I will say like I am I am concerned about the outside corner depth right now. Now, Jerry and, and Cam Sutton have been holding it down. They've been playing relatively well, particularly as of late. And, and I'm comfortable with those two as, as the starters going forward. But I'm not sure what the plan is after that. We know Will Harris can kick to the outside and play a little outside corner, but not an ideal situation there. And then you're talking undrafted rookies or uh, I don't know. There's just there's not a lot of depth there. And so part of me thinks like maybe this is where the lines go hunting a little bit. And trade deadlines coming up in a couple weeks here. Maybe you don't need to necessarily get a starter out of that, but I, maybe someone who's, you can trust. We talk about trust. We tra- talk about guys out there. It's not, it's not easy to come in here and, and, and play out of nowhere, but I think the, I think the lines could use some depth there. Because I was going to
0: say, I think, I think I saw a report from Adam Schefter that at least one team that might be in especially after today and getting slammed by the New York jets, that the Denver Broncos might be willing to part with several of their defensive pieces. Yeah. So there might be something you can pick up there as reclamation off of an off season. I don't think you're going to get someone like a young, like Patrick Sertan, but yeah, a,
1: lot, a lot of Lions fans are, are begging I, I, for I that. Know,
0: I, I know they would, but I, that's the one piece I would not see the Broncos moving
2: on from as a young corner,
0: like Sertan, but
2: maybe they, I, they moved the on from Bradley right. Chubb. <laughs> That's true. the same team that traded Bradley Chubb. So like, I mean, I wouldn't put it past anything, but I think then you're getting into big philosophical questions of would now be the right time for Brad Holmes to push some chips into the middle. And then you kind of want, Oh man, this is interesting when you think back to like less need, right? Like where's that influence? You know what I yeah. mean? Like F them picks. Like uh, again, I, I think we kind of have the understanding that Brad wants to take the approach that this is a long haul and that, he understands the value and and we are seeing the the value of his drafting ability and his ability to to evaluate talent through the draft. So you don't necessarily maybe want to make those moves, but I I do agree with Jeremy that there is uh there is a like tangible level of concern with just how it falls off a cliff beyond what they have on the field. You know what right. I mean? And I think that's the concern is that um you know it's one of those premier positions like you know, the Lions have been able to weather the storm of, of losing Josh Pascal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, they, they even can the keep safeties, kind of, right? Even the safeties, right? You have Tracy Walker waiting in the wings, right? If he Will plays. Harris, Will Harris is, you know, he is dependable. You know what I mean? Like, he isn't always going to make the play, right? But like, I mean, what great pass breakup in the end zone and everything, right? So fumble recovery. Exactly. And uh, yeah, if he if he definitely deserves um, some credit, too. But like, I think that there is Jeremy, I think that there is a path to the Lions making phone calls and, and trying to at the very least beef up their depth. And, yeah. and here's
1: the thing, too, though, this is also a long term need. So oh, if yeah. you can if you can yeah. get a Patrick Sertan, which I'm not saying you can or can't, that's great because that you're might not, be a more
0: useful y- use of your first round draft
1: pick. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know if you trade a first for him, but like if, if you get aggressive, just, maybe maybe saying. you do. I, I just I, my point is, if you're making a trade like that at the deadline, I think it's better to think about it, not just in terms of making a push this year, but making oh, this yeah. team better in the long term, yeah. because Emmanuel Mosley, like if that's a long term injury, he might be done here in Detroit. It was a one year yep. deal. And I don't know if they're going to take a risk on bringing back a guy coming off potentially again. I'm not trying to diagnose here, but potentially. ACLs on both knees, right? Well, like let's,
0: let's, let's talk a little bit about some return tables too, because as I said, the lions could have definitely used Brian branch back here. Yep. Do we expect to see him back for the Tampa game? Or is that another game where I think the lions just take it slow in his regard? It,
1: it's far too early to tell. Um, the fact that he didn't practice at all and wasn't even out there working with trainers last week is probably a sign that it's going to be close. If, if he gets a chance to return. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It They could certainly use him, you know, Tampa's got a good set of receivers on them. So they're going to need as many guys back there as they can. But I I don't think they're going to rush him back. I think they like Will Harris and they like how the defense is playing right now. And I mean, I don't want to say like that they've afforded themselves some wiggle room with a four and one record, but at the same time, they're in a good spot. And so um, the last thing you want to do is force a guy out there that's that's injured. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to put him out there, let's say, when you're up 17 points late in the game.
2: Kidding. That was just for Ryan. Everyone relax. It's fine. Don't get me fired up. Um, (laughs) But it was really clear, like just how much of a difference he makes in Detroit's ability to play defense, especially in the flats. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like there was some, Points in the game today where it, it felt like, ooh, that's a that's a spot that Brian Branch would have been in and he would have made some kind of football play where we said, oh man, that guy's great. Um, so yeah, I I do here's the thing though, Chris. I think if you look at it from kind of like a another like quarter poll assessment, the bye week is very close. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, I know there's three games, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I'm I'm saying like if there is for whatever reason you think let's take things slow with some guys. There's three games that are coming up. That's it's, it's Tampa. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to undersell them by any means. You want to be at full strength. Right. And uh, you know, you have the Raiders, right? Like the, there's let's
0: talk about some of their weapons. Yeah.
2: Right. And and I, and the other games the Ravens, right? Yep. Um, so there are three games and, and they're important games and the lions are four and one, but like, you also don't want to take your foot off the gas. Like, get this thing wrapped up ASAP, like as the other teams in the NFC North are flailing and, you know, having their best impression finally served on Thursday night football against the Washington commanders team that I'm so happy you sold your team. You know, I'm so happy (laughs) you have a new owner, but you probably need a new football team too. Welcome to magic
0: Johnson tweets, by the way. uh, Yeah. Oh my
2: goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, they deserve that for sure. Um, (laughs) Especially after that loss, but I guess, I guess my point is, you know, while the NFC North teams are flailing, like put your foot on the gas, man. And like, I'm not saying that you need to rush anybody back though, but yeah. I'm just saying that like for this next quarter poll, I mean, like it's, if you, it's important. If you, if you can be staring at two losses by the bye week Jeremy, you're yeah. probably feeling pretty darn good about this football team. Yeah. It's, it's a delicate
1: balance because you see how this team is playing with next man up attitude, right? You, that the lines didn't rush back from the bell. they didn't rush yeah. back on and and they were super fine and of course it's the Panthers not the same as facing a 3 and 1 Bucks team or whatever the 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 Ravens are now 3 and 2 or whatever um and the Raiders Ravens and then the Raiders oh and then the Raiders yeah. yeah and then the Raiders it would be nicer if the Raiders were next week so then you could be like all right maybe push everyone. <laughs> another back. another week yeah <laughs> but like this is also a team that is destined for January football and you don't want to risk that You want to keep the long-term goals in Mm -hmm. mind here, so I'm with you. Like, you you certainly want to keep the pressure on everyone else in the division, everyone else in the conference. Like, we need to start talking about that with seating and and wanting to get as high as possible seating. But the long-term goal has to be the priority to me because I have very little doubt. Very healthy, yeah. I yes, I have very little doubt this team is making the playoffs, even if if even if somehow the Packers go on a run and maybe even win the division. The Lions aren't going to be out of the playoff picture. They're going to make the playoffs. And so that ultimately is what matters most, getting into the dance first and being healthy as you can when you get there. And so if you
0: want to win a game
1: like I. Yeah, I, yeah. we're like, not talking about just winning a playoff game this year with the way this team no. is playing. No, we're, no, talk, no. we're talking, we're talking farther. I'm going to say this is the second year in a row. We're second week in a row, we're going to mention this. And unironically, we are talking about a Super Bowl capable team right now.
0: At the very least, like maybe, maybe NFC championship. I'm not, I'm not there on Super Bowl yet. Uh, The 49ers scare the hell out of me.
1: Sure. But is there, is there another NFC North or NFC team right now that you can definitively say is better than the Detroit Lions? I really
0: want to say Eagles, but I'm not, I'm not. They're not playing like it. No, the Eagles can still uh, brotherly shove their way to victory though.
2: Mm. That's one thing
0: I would like to see Ben Johnson practice.
2: I do. I, I want to see more, though, before I start yeah. to say, I, I think that that's the Pantheon VIP club, right? Like mm-hmm. 49ers and Eagles. And it's pretty obvious that no matter how good Micah Parsons is, um, the Cowboys aren't part of that club. I know they're outside. They're outside, the trying,
0: they're outside trying to get in, still waving that that week one performance around. But uh, there's definitely
1: shortcomings. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not afraid of anybody right now. I'm just not like it. It. they're going to be close games. Lions, you said the Lions are going to lose some more games before the season's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. The 49ers certainly look like maybe the best team in football, but there is not a team I'm legitimately afraid of at mm. this point.
2: I, yeah, I mean, it's spooky season. It's Halloween. You have every right to be afraid of of, of some things. Uh, I think Seattle is a sneaky good team. And I know oh, they it, not so sneaky, right? Just because of what happened, you know, week two. But I think that, man, I think their defense is going to get a lot better by the end of the year. Like they still have some young players. And like yep. you see Devin Witherspoon out there balling, but like it's not just, it's Boye Mafe. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's their pass rushers. And like Bobby Wagner is eternal. Um, so I, I think they have a really good front seven, and I think that their young back end, like, if they can get right. I mean, Jamal Adams played, like, what a series before he was removed for concussion protocol and almost, um, you know, uh, yeah, like uh, maybe lost some money too, but he, yeah. he skirted that. But I, I'm just saying that I think Seattle is like a team where you have. I don't want to say the NFC West is over. You know what I mean? I don't want to say that it's the 49ers to run Same. away with.
0: Yeah. I, as uh, the Rams are playing better, but I don't see them exactly contending for that. Sorry, Jeremy. I know you the,
2: dude. They're so fun to watch though. They are. Like, they I, are fun I, to watch. Like, I miss I, Matthew I was, so was, much sometimes. Like, him <laughs> having now
0: Nakua and cup is very fun. Um, I think though, like I'm not going to call them scary, but the T- Tampa Bay does seem fairly legitimate now.
1: Next week's going to tell me a lot about Tampa. It's, it's, it's going to tell I us know. a
0: lot. It's going to tell us a lot, especially and like look, it's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield plays his best football early
1: in the season. Coming off a start. bye
0: too. Coming up the bye. they'll be their wins in.
1: are Vikings, Bears, Saints, Saints, and listen, the Saints are playing some decent ball, they're, they're so I'm not going to completely
2: overlook at yeah. that. But are they? they also, or did they just play the Patriots today? <laughs> Great point.
1: Um, but they got they got kind of worked over by the Eagles, so. I think I think this is going to be their second legitimate test. Let's see how they do.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, there, I there's the some Lions deficiency. To, there's some deficiency to the Buccaneers, but there's certain positions where it's like, well, we'll, we'll get into it in first bite. I think there's yeah. definitely there's definitely some players where you're just like, ooh, that might be uh, that might be a little tricky there.
1: We'll see, but I I just I I don't know how you look at this Lions team right now and and not think. They're 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 in that upper tier of teams, not not clawing at the door, yet, not knocking, not just like, oh, I'll put them in the top five, but they're five like they are in the mix of, of those top five teams, because I don't know if there's anybody playing more consistent football than them right now, maybe short of the 49ers, because the bills, the bills were the talk of the town this week. And then they go and, and lay an egg in in London. So, OK. AFC to seems to have a rotating talk of the town thing. going. That's what on. I'm saying, though. Like, is there and, and the AFC was hyped up and like the, Miami and got so off much Schneid, better than the NFC.
0: Miami got the Schneid and won, but they won over the stinky Giants and not by that
1: much. Right. So who in the who in the AFC? If you take down the Kansas City Chiefs, who scares you in the AFC? Probably and Miami. This, this is why I'm starting Miami. to bring the Super Bowl t- talk in like. The yeah. 49ers are scary. The Eagles are scary-ish, but the lines are right there. And then in the AFC, there's not a team that I can definitively put above the Lions. I'm no, sorry, I, 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 can't. I,
0: I get that, especially since looking at the AFC, North <laughs> what are we that,
2: doing? The entire division is collapsed. I'm not. Tell ready me to I'm go. wrong, Ryan. Tell me no, I'm wrong. No, uh, the only thing I do want to say though is I'm I'm feeling way too close to Mike Tirico right now because when you watch the Chiefs' defense with Chris Jones, it's different. Stop it. And they also didn't have Nick Bolton today again, I think. So, like, they've missed him for a few, uh, I think at least a few weeks now. So, like, that Chiefs team's a little bit different. Plus, they have, um, you know, that got banged swift team Yeah.
1: I, I I'll it. just say, if you don't have the Lions in your top five power rankings this week, you're no, right. And I'm, I'm going to make fun of you on the internet.
2: I'm not going to disagree with you. They're a top five football team. Yeah.
0: And probably put them up there.
2: There's a headline. Take away that probably.
1: Run with it. Yep. Podcast. Lions are a top five team. Look at the solid I'm, I'm just counting published. everything, and I'm 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 realizing
0: like how hard it is to put them. Like they'd have to be number five, right?
1: No, they don't have to be. They could be top four. Okay, 49ers. Eagles. I'm already. I'm already. I'm already having 49ers. a conversation about putting the lines in.
2: Stop. Stop. Why? Why? Why are the Eagles that much better? They're undefeated and they're Tush the push. defending NFC champions.
1: Tush push, which, should, which is legal and should not be banned.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Eagles. 49ers. Eagles. Now who? Tell dolphins. me tell me that you're not considering the Lions here. Not the Dolphins. I'm not afraid of. I would say Chiefs well, don't. I'm not of afraid, afraid of logic. Chiefs. You're gonna the Chiefs above the Lions. Bro, like. <laughs> listen i know i understand if i'm making the argument here you could also make the argument seattle above detroit i understand how that works yeah i'm not doing transitive property wins here this isn't college football but if we're if we're taught if we both think that kansas city and the lions are top five teams you have to put mm. lights above them i'm okay. sorry
2: you do do you know what's more important though is that every nfc north team is like 17 and after <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think if the Packers win, they'll probably get pushed up in the top half. But that's a big if, is it? It's the Raiders. I I love if they lose that game. Like I'm going to have my feet up for the rest of the year in terms of the NFC North. Like it's just like okay,
2: (laughs) it's over. We're good. yeah, don't undercount Devontae Adams' revenge game. It just doesn't have the same
1: well, It without Aaron Rodgers in that game.
0: Mike McDaniels can't lose. Yes, he can. Every game oh. that, that <laughs> way. Every game that way.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: I it's hope been two he, in I a row. I would hope at some point he takes <laughs> his vitamins. But, you know, hey, who knows? He might be looking ahead for a revenge game on the Patriots, and that's br- bad for us then.
1: Can can we end every podcast by just like talking up the Super Bowl? I would. It makes me feel to. really good. I think we should just do it. Let's just haphazardly lean into it, man.
2: It, Why not? As long as as long as Chris has enough time to chop up, uh, it'll be a segment, and it'll be like you know the Dan Miller getting on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Do we have to
0: like. Do we have to have some intro music? Do I have to put in some like Vegas crooning in yes. here? It's like, welcome, or like the slot machines in the Bellagio. It is in, it is in the, uh, it is in, uh, it is in Sin City. Do we got to get some Frank in here? Some Sinatra?
2: (laughs) I just hope this season doesn't end up like Casino and Joey Pesci and Joe Pesci. (laughs) Put your brain to sleep.
1: We're going to be fine. We're going to be great.
0: All right. We're going to get out of here too. It's late. We have been recording all this for you. Uh, we've got midweek mailbag coming back again. Yep.
1: Tuesdays now yep. recording Tuesdays. Now
0: we've got first bite. We've got maybe a fourth podcast coming your way. No promises trying to figure out how it will fit in our release schedule. And I know I make promises and I just don't keep them. I know. Any final words?
1: Believe.
2: Top five, top five, top five. See you star side.